Chicago. This is your morning routine. Listen, respect my name. Cap and J Hood. That's right. That's right. We're bad. Uh, uh, uh. Follow Cap J Hood on Twitter and Instagram. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now. Now. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Bring them out, bring them out. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Welcome in to the Captain J. Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood, we've got Jake Cantu, we got Jay Moore, we got you for a three-hour ride here on this Tuesday morning. Open phone lines for you, 312-332-ESPN. Good morning, Twitch. Twitch.tv forward slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Thanks for keeping the conversation going on this show and all the shows here on ESPN Chicago. And Cap, as you well know, Right around the corner will be the NFL draft and the Bears. So much conjecture, so much conversation about Justin Fields, you know. What are you and burying the lead for? Uh, I'm sorry? Why would you bury the lead about another Justin take? What do you mean? Shohei Otani's going to be a Cub. Is that breaking news? or D- Did you hear? Say Suzuki, you know, yeah. the guy I call Roy. Yes. He got robbed of Rookie of the Year. Excuse me? He should have been Rookie of the Year. Uh-huh. He's put 20 pounds on. Yeah. And when the media grilled him yesterday in Mesa. The media grilled him, you said, right? Grilled. Hey. Yeah. Otani's going to be your teammate in the World Baseball Classic. Yes. And he understands a lot more English than he lets on. He's got Nal Masamoto, his tra- uh, translator there, uh-huh. who's a wonderful guy. He's there, but he doesn't really need it. He can, he can handle himself. Otani said yesterday through his agent, he's earned the right to test free agency. Yes. So naturally, the question, have you talked to Otani about coming here? Because the Cubs were the runner-up when the Angels got him. Sure. Because there was no DH yet, he went to the Angels. He said, yes, I've invited him to be a Cub. It's over. So hold on a second. So I'm clear. Through the translator, the translator says that Suzuki has invited Otani to come to Chicago. Correct. I've invited him to be a cub. For dinner or to stop by his crib for a few days? No. To play outfield, DH, and be our number one starter. It's over. And... The chairman was out there yesterday. I know you've got Jerry, the chairman. We've got Tom, the chairman. Uh-huh. And the chairman said, yeah, we've done a really good job at get it, resetting our cl- collective balance. Uh, what is it called? The CRT. Yes. The uh, ba- CBT. CBT. Co- competitive balance tax. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> the other if, thing. If Tom has some things about CRT, yeah. I'd like to hear his thoughts. Yeah. So CBT, <laughs> competitive Balance tax. I'm one of the few that like to hear his thoughts about CRT. Yes. But go ahead. He said, <laughs> we will go into the luxury tax. When Jen says the time is right, we'll put the hammer down. Uh-huh. We've done it before. We'll do it again. Well, guess what? We got Pete Crow Armstrong. Uh-huh. We got Matt Mervis. We got Kevin Alcantara. We got all these dudes that are there that they signed in the offseason. Cubs signed more free agents than any team in baseball. They went $300 million plus. Michael Fulmer added his deal on yesterday. Pitch out of our pet. Uh-huh. And now Otani. I'm going to get, you know what? Memo to Joe Johnson at Obvious Shirts. Fine sponsor here at the station. Sure. Joe, the newest one, has to say, I've invited him. That's all it has to say. I've invited him. I want that shirt today, Joe. Mm-hmm. Well, let me just tell you this. If Otani comes to the Cubs, that guy's Daisuke Matsuzaka in a Cubs uniform. I think we've seen the best of him. He comes here, put on that goofy C, that'll be the end of Otani. Oh, he's a beast. Yeah, what, Shohei Otani yes, in a Cubby! Yes, in an angel uniform, yes. Come here. Oh, God. 
toward the end. And I can't wait. I hope that's the case, Cap. I mean, for you as a Cub fan, as my friend, I hope that Otani's here. I hope that the Cubs sign him to, hmm, what's the going rate these days? About 10 about, for 430. Now, a little higher. How about 13 years? Because in the, in the 10th year, he'll be in the booth. So how about 13 years and about, I don't know, $700 Because he's worth every dime. Because there's no diminishing returns in Otani after all that tread on the tire with the Angels. I hope he comes here. 12, 13-year deal. Can't trade that deal. You will hit the roof in year five. He will be Japanese Japanese Pujols if he comes here. I can't wait, Cap. Absolutely. Bring him in. This guy is not who I thought he was. I'm just telling you. They need to get rid of him. Oh, no. Bring him in. Because Suzuki says, I welcome him. Through an interpreter. You don't know what was really said there. You don't speak Japanese. You don't know what he really said. Yeah, I invited him to dinner. Yeah, I invited him on a trip. Coming in a Cubs uniform, no shot. It is a much more respectful culture than the way you're treating me this morning. Denigrating my thought. (laughs) When Seiya Suzuki says... To his WBC, World Baseball Classic, teammate, yeah. Shohei, I'm inviting you to be a Cub. I got to go. Oh, for God's sake. He says to his girlfriend, we're going to Chicago. Why? Because I was invited. And we don't disrespect. Say, crank that music up loud, bro. Shohei Otani's in town. Oh, God. We're trying to keep listeners. <laughs> Shohei Otani, let me just tell you, you sure that this is who you want to break the bank for? Like, I'm an Otani fan. He, he arguably is the face of baseball for me. Yeah. He just happens to be playing in Orange County and not the Dodgers, so he's in the second team in town, the White Sox of Los Angeles. He's in the second team in town. That team's not going anywhere anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Pre-Madden, post-Madden, that team wasn't going anywhere. It's funny that you're in, in Orange County. You've got Mike Trout and Otani, and they can't get traction in that city. Point is, though, is that if he comes here, yes, I did see what you saw on the bottom line, that he will more than likely exercise free agency. But just like any other free agent, they have to look at the Cubs and say, if I come here, what, uh, what am I getting? Am I getting, a world, getting close to a World Series championship? Damn right. Oh, really? Oh, we're, we're on the precipice of a run coming. Thank God he could pitch. If he could just hit, you'd still be in trouble with him. He'll be your front-line starter, of course, number one. Number one starter, and the other four days will give you one day off, and the other three you're either in the outfield or dh That's right, folks. Take a look at this. You've got an Otani. You've got um, uh, Tucker Barnhart. You've got Eric Hosmer. Nico, Nico Horner. You've got Patrick Wisdom. Dansby Swanson. Ian Happ. Cody Bellinger. Seiya Suzuki. Trey Mancini, and then Otani. That sounds good. By that point, Pete Crow Armstrong's a gold glove caliber center fielder. Uh-huh. Matt Mervis, my guy, is over at first. Okay. Oh, man. Kevin Alcantara, he was breaking windows in BP, mm. hitting them through windshields. Oh, is that what you're hearing? Yes. Okay. All right. How about Cup sp- fans, get ready. Okay. We're so- back. All right. So after you spent all that money, you know what you're going to be looking for. You'll be looking for more. Otani's oh, going to be there with his 13-year contract and $800 million deal. And so you're going to be saying, so what else are we going to do? And you know what the Cubs are going to say? We spent all the money. Then what? But I'm going to tell them how they can do it for free. Oh, really? You're going to give them some, uh, some of your salient advice? It's 77 and a half is the over-under in Vegas. Uh-huh. Tom needs to load up the family truckster with all the cash. He and Laura and Pete and Todd and Joe, all of them. Marlene, I think I got all the family members. So all of Push them, all huh? of it into the family truckster. Uh-huh. I'm going to Vegas next weekend. Just give me the truckster. I'll head right out there. You play the over. Over 77 and a half. They're giving out free money in Vegas. Play the over 77 and a half. There it is. Go cash my winnings in as soon as we hit the 78 wins. Yep. There's your Otani fund. Right there. <laughs> okay. You sure this ball club is better than the 77 wins? Yes. You sure it is? Yes. As is? Yes. Okay. You saw that, right? I mean, Pakoda's usually never wrong. You did see that, correct? Pakoda picked you guys like 80 wins the year you won the World Series. They're, they're not the be-all, end-all. Pretty accurate, though, about last year. And I was we were arguing against it. That's not a 500 ball club. You see that team? LaRusso's going to get them ready. 
LaRusso's what? He's out? Someone's injured again? What happened? We're a 500 ball club. They were pretty, they were pretty accurate. They were. You sure now Pakoda's going to be uh, wrong about this? Yeah. So the over 77, I'm sure you've cashed that. T- you put that ticket in already? I'm going to next weekend oh in my, Vegas because oh I like God. to have the, the hard ticket on a pick play, play like that. Yes. And I understand why. Because you could show people. <laughs> there it is. You could dangle it in front of people. I understand that. The Otani Fund. The Otani Fund. I just, but you, I'm just setting it up for you because I can see the future, Cap. I can see the future. I'm just telling you that once you have Otani in place, you're going to wonder well, where else the, is the money going to be allocated, and there won't be any more money. We're going to go back to biblical losses. I gave you a biblical contract. What do you want? I <laughs> mean, <laughs> I mean, because I know what you're going to say. It's going to be Otani five for five, or Otani gets you know. A, a, a perfect, you know, seven innings pitch, three hits, one run, you know, and, and you lose one to nothing. You won't like that. You'll get everything you want from Otani. But what about the rest of them? We're, our system's loaded. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So so you now you it's your farm system around Otani because that makes sense. A bunch of young kids around Otani to get to the Dansby World Series. And Nico uh-huh. and Hap. And Suzuki, oh man. You say Hap? He's a gold glove all-star. When the Cubs are good, he'll be out. Him and his coffee. He won out. a gold glove and went to the all-star game in the Hap. same season. Yep. When the Cubs are good, and I believe that they will be good in the 24th season, when they, when they will be contending, he won't be part of this team. Ian Hap? Well, I guess, I guess you need a backup outfielder. Oh my God. What? He'd start on your... <laughs> Just a second now. We're already locked in. Locked in. We're fine. Don't worry about us. But then there's Christopher Morell. Don't forget about him. He'll be over third. Yeah. yeah. So so Otani first, Morell second in that lineup. What are you going to do? I'm hitting Otani third. Oh, third. The heart of the order. Oh. Say is going to hit fourth. Okay. So you, oh, you, baby. Okay. So you want him to be the, uh, the number one starter and third in your lineup. You want him to drive in runs for you. Yes. <laughs> what about the more at bat? Don't you want him at the top? Don't you want him to have four or five at bats? At least five? Put him in the maybe in the two hole. Oh, maybe say in the three. Oh, okay. So now, now Otani, ladies and gentlemen, at a seven hundred million dollar contact hitter just to get him over. And <laughs> the number two hole, he's safer. He's got eight hundred million dollars. He's in the two hole. What is he over there for? Brought the, got the run over. So I'm just run. telling you, it's a good day to wake up a Cub fan today and go, wow, we actually look like we're making moves here. We've got a pretty decent team. Oh, for heaven's sake. And now we hear, I have invited him to be a Cub. That quote from Seiya Suzuki. Suzuki over at first base. And here's Otani. Ground ball to first. Runner goes over to second base safely. And Otani's out at first. So... Otani did his job getting the runner over for eight hundred million in the two hole. <laughs> it's a two hole. I love it. Not the top. Not not clean up. Two hole. Such a good question from uh, Jorge Castillo of the L.A. Times. Hmm. I've invited him to join the team. I've been. Let's invi- go. I've invited him. Okay. Yeah. I'm getting Ohtani. that shirt today. Okay. Cubs fans, you ready? You ready for uh, Otani to come to the Cubs? And by the way, don't say it too loudly. Daniel Greenberg will say that you that's a report. Right, exactly. You sure? David Kaplan's reporting that Shohei Otani is coming to the Cubs. <laughs> just, be, just be careful. Oh, for God's sake. Take that. Okay. All right. All that money, Cap, and then nothing else to show for it. it it'll, be, it'll be Otani and Nelson Velasquez. Who? He's on your roster. I know. Like, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. All right, back to the regular scheduled show. I mean, listen, I, I'm excited. I mean, Cub fans, you should be excited too. Cap is, is believing that maybe Otani will be a Cub. Yeah, and, and that will never happen. Uh, you know what? I Tom Cohen needs to drop in over at Wrigley. Oh, Tom Cohen. Okay. Instead of Steve uh-huh. and the Mets, Tom needs to change his last name to Cohen. Bears Come on fan. over to the tribe, Tom. 
Come on over to the CRT tribe. Yeah. <laughs> Bears fans, are you worried that the front office is overthinking the number one pick? We'll discuss this coming up next. Captain Jay Hood, weekday mornings at 7. That's why I say Shot. No shot. With Captain Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. That's why I say Good morning and welcome in to the Captain Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. On the ride into work, we're keeping you company until 10 o'clock and at this time every day, we give you shot or no shot. Here's Jake Cantu. JC? Good morning, y'all. Freg fruit. Could I have that Freg tropical fruit, please? Yeah, absolutely. That's like fruit snacks. That's what I think of. <laughs> A brand new fruit snack, Freg. F R E G. H. Wow. All right, JC, what do you have? All righty. The Bulls finally made a move. Huh. Hey, where's the clap? Where's my clap? No, you don't get it. Oh, okay, no, okay. Studio audience. Okay. Uh, Bulls signed Patrick Beverly off the buyout market last night. Uh, yeah. Bulls get some point guard help, but most importantly, they get a player who can impact your locker room. Uh, shot or no shot, the signing of Patrick Beverly has grabbed your interest enough to not quite close the book on the season yet. Okay, well, that is... Um that is a shot. It will not. I will not close the book on the season because I still have a weekly podcast to do about the Bulls in the NBA for fast break on the ESPN Chicago app. But now, Cap, you get your popcorn ready. It's Patrick Beverly. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know, again, good or bad. It's Patrick Beverly. It's a wild card. West Side is coming to the West Side. So I'm a big Patrick Beverly fan. Uh-huh. My dad went to his alma mater as well. Marshall, Marshall High School. Yeah. And that kid plays with passion. He plays hard. Yes, absolutely 100% love Patrick Beverly. But mm-hmm. this team is so awful, they're not going to the playoffs. It's not like LeBron just jumped into a Bulls uniform. Why do I not want to just watch Dalen Terry and Carleek Jones, who they just brought in from the G League, and Patrick Williams and Io DeSumo. Why do I want to give minutes to Patrick Beverly? Well, this is the Bulls' way of trying to salvage this season and get into the playoffs. And you know, Beverly had his choices, by the way. He could either be with the Bulls or go with the uh, championship-rich Golden State Warriors. Pat Bev says. It was between Golden State and the Bulls. Obviously, um, you know, it's always good to play with a lot of great talent in Golden State, but you know, they, a lot, a lot of guards over there. You know, so I, I figured, you know, I can make a playoff push with the Bulls right now and kind of, you know, pump them up a little bit. The East kind of weak. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. The East kind of weak. That was his reason. <laughs> See what I mean? Why just? Why? I mean, he's just going to give it to you raw. Well, you like it or not? Well, it's Patrick I, I liked a couple weeks ago. They called mean? a terrible, terrible. Missed call on a foul of LeBron. Remember that? Yes. And he grabbed a camera from one of the cameramen. Oh, my God. And brought it over and showed showed the referee. Here, look at this picture. You missed the call. And the referee just shook his head. Bam! Technical. Which is one of the most satisfying texts I've ever seen. It was so seamless. But so bizarre. Like, who does that? Patrick Beverly does that. Correct. So, if if you're looking for a must-watch for this you know, lousy basketball team. Watch that guy. And I'll tell you something else. For this passive-aggressive locker room that we got on the west side, and they are because it's led by Zach, okay? And DeRozan is a, an adult in the room, which I like. But there's not a lot being said there, Cap. Not a lot being said. Patrick Beverly, day one, will have something to say. He will. I think he and DeRozan will click. I just wonder how he and Zach will what, what, what is what is with Patrick Beverly also taking a side swipe? So you have a choice. This is how Pat Bev thinks. Let me see. The Bulls that's going nowhere fast at 26 and 33, or Joe Lacob, who is just, uh, with a ruthless aggression, wants to win all You're the, the time. owner of the Golden State Warriors that we've played ad nauseum. Cap? Which one would you choose? Cap, it's the Warriors. Clay, Steph, Draymond, Steve Kerr coaching, great front office, great ownership, or the Bulls? Because he's not going to see much of the floor in Golden State. So? Now, if you're just about the ring, Chase? Yeah. 
I'd probably go to Golden State. Okay, so I mean, but he said the the East is is the weakest. So now I'm going to go to the East. What? Okay. Good luck. This will be interesting. I can't wait to watch Friday. I just, okay. It'll be interesting to watch because who knows where this is going. Correct. At least you got a leader in there that's going to say something because Billy is just bullsplaining. He's just trying to hold on. He's just doing his job. All right. I'm only coach what they give me. JC? All right, moving on to the Cubs in Arizona. I know Cap stole my thunder this morning. Uh, talk about Seiya Suzuki, who met with the media yesterday and was asked about possibly recruiting Shohei Otani to the north side, where he replied with, I am inviting him. We're obviously so far away from next year's free agency, but shot or no shot, if the Cubs did land Otani next offseason, he would immediately become the greatest signing in Chicago sports history. Great That's a signing. shot. That's a shot. Oh, so now we're going to erase Hosa? <laughs> <laughs> and John Lester. <laughs> exactly. That was good. Wait, Hosa was supposed to be the greatest signing in Chicago sports history, right? Three Stanley Cups? And I said it's a shot he could become the greatest. I didn't say he is. I said it's a shot. Hold on a second. Hold on. Do you not get the show? You don't get the segment? I get shot, shot or no shot is definitive. When you say shot, it's definitive. There's no gray area. You know that. I graded up a little. Don't you try to gray up. Yo, it's a shot. I, you know what? I'll walk with you in that. I will walk with you on that. If Otani becomes a Cub, it's the greatest signing in Chicago sports history. I'll walk with you. Because right. Right, as we are right now, it's Hosa. Would you and I agree with that? Yes, I would have Hosa one, Lester two. Okay. Now, I will I'll tell you, you, you see that the, we see that our friends that walk by every day here by the window mm-hmm. that keep Chicago clean. Yeah. The beautification people, they're in the yellow outfits. Mm-hmm. They are actually working hard right now getting State Street ready for the parades because we got multiple oh, championships sakes. coming. No, you're not, you're not getting multiple championships. Otani hasn't signed yet. He's coming. Okay. All right. That's fine. I've invited him, said Saya. Yeah. But what about uh, Candace Parker? What about her? She brought a championship to Chicago. She certainly did, and she's in the team photo. Yeah. She was a hell, signing. hell of a signing. Not the best signing of all time. But it's, but it's definitely the team photo. You, they, they, Sky signed a Hall of Famer, and she brought a championship here. Yeah, she did her job. Yeah, I, I love it. But Hosa brought three here. Yeah, no, Candace Parker is definitely the team photo. No question. Correct. Uh, JC. I want to talk a little bit about the draft and the Bears. So, obviously, last night, TCU QB Max Duggan received the 2022 Davey O'Brien Award, mm-hmm. given each season to the nation's top quarterback. Uh, obviously, Duggan, who helped lead the Foreign Frogs to that nail-biter of a national championship against the Georgia Bulldogs hoodie. Mm-hmm. Every recipient of that award since 2007 has been drafted in the first round, except Colt McCoy in 2009. McCoy obviously making a career as a decent backup in the NFL. So Duggan is a projected to be in the third day uh, prospect in the draft, mid to late. So shot or no shot, Max Duggan should be uh, on the radar of the Bears and would be a great fit for the Bears behind Fields as a backup. That's a no shot, not on this team. Um, There is a need for a a veteran backup, I would say that, but not a kid. I don't, you know, we know the Ron Wolf theory of drafting a quarterback every year, Cap, and maybe off the scrap heap, maybe, non-drafty. But I think they need still need to upgrade the backup. Will that change, or are we still stuck with what we have? Mm, I think we're stuck. So that, you don't think they're going to up, upgrade the backup situation? I well, mean, don't you? I'd have to look and see how much money Trevor Simeon is still owed. Yeah, I mean that's. I would prefer to have someone who plays more like Justin. I've openly talked about that since you and I have been together. I don't know who that is. Like, Tyler Huntley's not as good as Lamar Jackson, obviously, right. but he plays the same style. I don't know who that is for Justin, his style. I don't know who is out there that could do what he does at 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, Move around the pocket, throw the ball down the field. Mitch Trubisky. Oh, for heaven's sakes. <laughs> no. Well, maybe. <laughs> I'm not going to rule it out. Nathan Peterman, Trevor Simeon. I'd like to have a backup. Tim Doyle. I think he'd do better than that. So, Tim yeah. Doyle works. Huh? He's the former Northwestern basketball player. Who is it? It's Tim Boyle with a B, like Pat. Yeah, the gambling guy. Tim no, Boyle. No, that's it, Doyle with a D. He's got the Eddie Munster peak? That guy. Right. T- yeah. Tim. That's not the same guy. Oh. 
Different. I, I, I was mistaken. I beg your pardon. I thought you meant no. Guy was boxing with Kendall Gill. No. Okay. Right. Not. <laughs> okay. In the right. NBC Sports Chicago newsroom. So, no. So that's a no shot. JC, what else do you have? All right, I got one fun one. I was tuning into Waddle and Miller yesterday. Miller filling in for Sylvie. Yep. Um, they got into the topic of eating food and more specifically eating ribs on an airplane after a Twitter picture of someone having ribs on a plane went viral. So <laughs> while it is allowed yeah. and you can do it, shot or no shot, if you're bringing and eating full stinky meals in that metal tube, you do not have plane etiquette. <laughs> well... That is, uh, to me, Cap, that is a no shot. If you are served ribs, and say, for instance, you didn't, what kind of flight? Was that a commercial flight? I believe, yeah, commercial. Commercial, okay. Say, for instance, you got a little, uh, little room next to you, Cap, where you got your own section, you can, your own seat, right? No one's sitting next to you. Well, I might have some ribs. If you want to have that, that's fine on the plane. Well, the question is, where are you getting the ribs? Because I fly. As much as anybody. Yeah. I'm back on a plane again this weekend. Mm-hmm. They don't sell ribs in the airport. What if, what if you bring your own, though? All right. All right, Robinson. Robinson's ribs over there. Those are very good. Yeah. I can, yeah. <laughs> go, go ahead. Usually you can find a Sabaro for a slice of pizza. Sure. You can find the food court, get a, a wrap or a sub mm-hmm. or that cheap, awful... Uh, Panda Express, I'm not a fan. Oh, bad. You know, they're coming in today. They're going to serve lunch and they're a potential partner. Did you hear about that? That was the email. I didn't. Yeah. So, Panda Express, shout out to them. They'll be here at noon. Delicious. Sorry, partner. You know, they're going to be here. You see the email? I did not. Okay, go ahead. I did not. Tell me me more about the uh, plum sauce. Go ahead. Uh, I do like plum sauce. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do not see somebody eating a rack of Carson's ribs. Like our guy Dean Carson makes yeah. awesome ribs. I don't see. Hey, can you slice those ribs up individually? Sauce on the side, please. So you would look down on someone on a flight eating ribs. You I would look. I'd look down. I just think you want to be that messy and like where are you cleaning up that little lavatory? Get the H out of here. You know, it also is cumbersome. And I've, seen, I've sent you the pictures of my travels here with the UIC Flames. When you ask, you know, the SID, hey, just give me a sandwich at the end of the game. Just have a sandwich ready. They serve everybody. Give sandwich. And mine ends up being a, a, um, a full pizza. Mm-hmm. You've seen this before, right? Mm-hmm. The pizzas come and you're sitting at the seat. And you're just kind of like flipping it over and it's on your lap. You're like, okay, how do I maneuver around this while I'm on it's it's very uncomfortable yes ribs should be eaten at a table correct where I can spread my arms out yes. put a bib on if and... I want to right right same thing with the pizza though I mean could you imagine have a Lou Malnati's on the plane and you got the box and you're trying to maneuver the box hang on a second gee it's sliding right like, like if you have like the little individuals yes that's a different story a slice like Sabaro it comes in a slice yes but no like the whole plate the whole pie that's tough. It's funny you say that ribs. too, because the ribs were on. If you if you saw the picture, the ribs were on like a pizza box. It was in a pizza box, which God it helps being on a plane. But not like a McRib. No shot. That's really saucy, and it'll get all on your clothes. No shot. I've ever had the McRib. It's been a long, long time. They still sell that. Yeah, yeah. Limited, limited engagement. Because I did see the ad in Jamaica uh-huh. for the Shamrock Shake. Wow, I haven't seen one of those in a while. How about that? That's back because we're around the corner. I don't know if it's out yet, but it's coming for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. So would I have ribs on the plane? No. I would not. Anywhere else, yes. <laughs> I just don't want any of that, you know, to, for that you get a bumpy ride on the plane and all of a sudden just, you know, sauces all over your shirt oh, and stuff. Oh, yeah. It's like, no, it's too messy. So that's, that's a great question. I don't question. like to eat on planes. Nothing? Nothing. I have a nice little snack every now and then. I always bring my own. Like I'll buy a coffee at Starbucks. Yeah. Or I buy a bottle of water, or I keep my water bottle in my bag, yeah. and I fill it up at the, the United Club or wherever. Sure. And that's it. I don't like eating plain food at all, mm-hmm. and it's just messy. Yes. I get my iPad out, I watch a movie, I do some work, and I'm done. 
once you're done eating, you got to wait 20 minutes for the lady to come across there with the, the trash bag. Correct. I want I'm, once I'm done, I want to get rid of it. Excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> sit with it. I did that once. Yeah. Excuse me. Could I throw this? Nope. Not until I come back with the bag. Sorry. You know what? How about this then? How about this? Yeah, how about this? United. How about- I'm flying American next time. How about this? How about you're not going to come around with the trash bag? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fold up my trash, and I'm going to stick it right there with the magazines. <laughs> how about that? How about that? You want to come around with the trash? How about that? Stick it right there. Take that. How about that? There you go. Hey, we're asking nicely, hey, you know, I don't want to sit here with this garbage for 20 minutes. Can you come back around? Nope. We have a bumpy ride. I won't be coming back through. Oh, you won't be coming back through? How about this? Take that. That's it. <laughs> That's how you do that. That's it. Around the NFL next on Cap and J-Hood. Cap and J-Hood are back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. On Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Nick Bull sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and he pulls out. This is a really... Thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? Huh? Captain Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Still to come on this Tuesday morning, we'll hear from Albert Breer from SI.com and MoneyMorningQuarterback.com. Time to go around the NFL. Here's Jay Cantu. JC? All right, I wanted to start with. Steelers legend Heinz Ward uh, in an interview uh, last week on Super uh, during the Super Bowl week, uh, the former four-time Pro Bowl received uh, and spoke lengths about Claypool, Chase Claypool, the Bears wide receiver who they traded for last season. He said, "Sometimes I think with Chase it becomes more about Chase and less about the team." End quote. Um, so, in my head, I started to think, you know, we polls went out and draft or excuse me and traded for Claypool. Yeah. Are we worried about Claypool in the locker room now with this report? Okay. So last time Cap and I talked about Claypool, we played a soundbite. Was that Claypool with Joniak? Do you remember that? Do you remember that conversation? I think it was with Joniak. I think it was. And, and in the contents uh, of, the, of the sound that we played, something along the lines of yeah. something about leadership or something. I don't know if you remember that, Cap, but something along the lines of like, we have to be better or we have to have better leadership as if some of the players are just taking the losses for granted. Something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing. But if you remember that, that's what was brought up. And I think our reaction to that was, well, hang on a second. You just got here, Claypool. I mean, and what are you really doing for the team? You're going to start casting aspersions on your team? You just got here. But something along the lines of how guys were just kind of just lollygagging and just taking the losses for granted. And so... I, I, I'll listen to what Heinz Ward has to say because that's a great stealer and uh, coaching in the XFL now, by the way. Yes. And so, you know, we'll just watch Claypool. We'll hear what Ward has to say, but I heard what Claypool said in that uh, soundbite. Hopefully you get paid dividends for the Bears. Yeah. That's my point. I'm not convinced Ryan Poles would make that trade again because the funny thing is that I know we all want to cheer for our teams and want our team. Every move we make should be the right move. It's just not reality. But when we announced, remember, it was breaking news. Bears have traded for Chase Claypool. Yep. We had it on the show. Yep. People, oh, we got a number one receiver. Stop. He wasn't the number three in Pittsburgh. And they didn't make the playoffs. He's okay. I always think back to, do you guys remember that moment where the Steelers were driving, trying to make a late comeback? And Claypool makes a play. He gets up and he celebrates with, you know, 20 seconds left. Sure. And then he doesn't, you know, hand the ball to the ref. He's not trying to hurry up the team to spike the ball. He's celebrating. And I always remember that moment. And from then on, I'm like, all right, that's that guy. That's his attitude. Well, as Cap and I always say, when you go to a great team, you're drafted or brought in as a free agent. And then that great team lets you go, and then you pick him up on your favorite team. Okay, so now there's a problem. There's a question, at least. Like, he's a stealer. It's about team first. And he was let go. Tomlin let him go. So what's wrong with him? What's wrong with Claypool? That's that's the worry, right? Well, when we got Nikhil Harry. Oh, got this big body coming. Stop. 
He was a number one pick by the Patriots, and they took a seventh round for him. Mm-hmm. Get him out of here. Can't play. He can't play. Here's Claypool. This is what we're talking about back in January. Yeah, it's like, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, even if even if it was, you know, 31-10 or whatever in the third quarter, like, we can still win that game. You see the Vikings did 30, 33-0 at halftime. Like, we're always in every game no matter, you know, what the score is for the most part until that uh, final whistle blows. So it's like, I just want to feel that belief. I want to feel it, you know. Like, we're a good team. We're going to be a good team next year. But we have to be real uncomfortable losing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. It's a good find. What do you think of that? I mean, you remember this, right? I do. Yeah. I remember us having a lengthy discussion about it. I am not as big a Chase Claypool guy. Big. He's fast. I would like to see more. All right. JC, what else do we have around the NFL? It's starting today. NFL teams uh, can designate their franchise or transition players. So franchise tag candidates include Lamar Jackson, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Geno Smith, and others. So we're looking out for news about that. Um, But Daniel Jones yesterday was out there reporting, and he'll probably get the tag. But the Giants QB seeks as much as $45 million per year. There's no way he gets that. I mean, There's no way. I'm not convinced he doesn't. Now, if you said... It's a two-year deal. He'll get it. He's looking for like five years, six yeah. years. No shot. So can I make the case that the light has come on for Daniel Jones? You can. Okay. So because of that, you don't have a... So what it comes down to, Cap, do you have a quarterback in the pipeline? They do not. Okay, so you got to pay him. I, I, JC, I know what you're saying because you may not believe based on this past season. You think you might be smoking mirrors, but what if you're the Giants... You talk about we complain so much about the Bears. The Giants have been bad too for a while, for a long time. What are you going to do? What else are you going to do? If you got no one else, what are you going to do about that that quarterback spot? In my head, I just think there's so many other options you can go and use that money than Daniel Jones. Well, who's going to be your quarterback then? That's what the price of a starting quarterback is. Period. It's either that or you, you're tanking for the quarterback of the future. They're not and, doing that in New York. Okay. They just went to the playoffs. Well, right. So that's – I know it sounds ridiculous, JC, but if you get nothing else, Daniel Jones, who I was not a fan of when he was drafted. I think he was drafted for the wrong reasons. Gettleman saying that, well, he's the next Eli Manning. Well, that's, that's not in the strive for. You want the next Peyton. <laughs> like, like, Eli is fine. He's going to the Hall of Fame, but that's not what you thought he was going to be. Strong defense – Made some uh, great plays against the Patriots in his resume. But, but you, they would take the next Eli. Two Super Bowl, two Super Bowl MVPs, a Hall of Famer. They'll take that defense, too. No question. They had a, the whole package when he won. The whole package. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, did, I was not a fan of the – I thought he was overdrafted, quite frankly. And so he's coming to his own. So you had no other choice but to pay him. You got to pay him. J.C., Colts finalizing a deal yesterday to hire Jim Bob, excuse me, Jim Bob Cooter as the new offensive coordinator. Is that the best coaching name ever? The Jim. best coaching name in the NFL, right there, Jim Bob Cooter. Yeah, I just Bears tried to hire him a few years ago, and Detroit wouldn't let him out. Yes, I like the, the headline here: sources Colts to hire Jags Cooter as new OC. Pretty good. <laughs> he has a great reputation. Yes, he does. Jim He's Bob Cooter. Got his work cut out from there because they don't have a quarterback. You know, I'm thinking that if your first name's Jim, you got to go with the middle name, too. Jim Cooter does not work, right? James Cooter. Yeah. Hello? I'm James Cooter. Ah. <laughs> Interesting last name. <laughs> James. Jim Bob Cooter. Now, that calls attention to the Cooter part. Now, real. Hang on with the cooter. <laughs> just keep, keep your beak out of his cooter. If you're part of the expression. Uh, Please look up, uh, JC, where Jim Cooter's from. Jim Bob Cooter. He's from, we need a uh, a city and state of where Jim Bob Cooter's from. It's got to be Huntsville. It's got to be the South. What if it's Nashua, New Hampshire? <laughs> so he went to college at Tennessee. Uh-huh. So he is born at Fayetteville, Tennessee. Perfect. 38 years old. He's been with the Jets. He's been with the Lions. His real name is James Robert Cooter. Parents are Lance and Ellen Cooter. Hello. Hello. We're the Cooters. His brother, Jack. Han 
Get out the good silverware. The cooters are coming. Excuse me? I said the cooters are coming. Yes. Take that. Yes. Put the dogs up. The cooters are coming. Oh, my God. Jim Bob Cooter That's is it. the best name. That is a shot. The best name in the National Football League as far as He's coaching. also arrested DUI in 06 and in 2009 charged with aggravated burglary after climbing into a window and getting into a woman's bed. The charges were later dropped. That's per a news article. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Per a news article, Cap gives us. That's correct. Cla- Jim Bob got into a woman's bed, huh? Lions coach Cooter's arrest records now vanished. Yeehaw! Hello, lady. I'm Jim Bob Cooter, and I lead arrest. Wow. Albert Breer comes up next with the National Football League report. Captain Jay Hood on Chicago's home for sports. Let's go, Jim Bob. Cooter. Here's today's headlines, headlines. with Captain Jay Hood. Good morning, Chicago. Patrick Beverly. Chicago's own has finalized a deal with the Bulls. Beverly was waived by the Magic on uh, February 12th after reaching a buyout agreement. The White Sox agreed to terms on a one-year, $3 million contract with two-time All-Star infielder Elvis Andrews. He's expected to play second base. ILL, I&I. They defeated Minnesota 78-69 in uh, men's basketball. Also, Patrick Kane and the Blackhawks host the Vegas Golden Knights tonight at the United Center with a 7.30 puck drop. Jay Moore. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. Cap and Jay Hood are back on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's Home for Sports. Hello. Football on ESPN 1000. Hello, Bert. Albert Breer. Hey, Bert. Senior NFL writer for SI.com joins Cap and Jay Hood. Bert's it. What? You're it, Bert. On ESPN 1000. What do you mean I'm it? We see, that's the game. I just tagged you, and you're it until you tag somebody else. Albert Breer. No, no, I'm not playing a game. I'm reading, Ernie, and I'm not it. Okay. On Chicago's Home for Sports. But Bert is it. Every Tuesday at 835, we talk to Albert Breer from SI.com and MondayMorningQuarterback.com. He joins us here uh, from the slopes on Captain J. Hood. Good morning, Albert. <laughs> Hey, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Good. Thanks so much for joining us. Just um, There's been so much uh, conjecture about Justin Fields versus the other quarterbacks in the draft. And Cap and I nice. believe, you know, if Justin was in the draft, he'd be number one. But can yep. you look at Justin's skill set and then compare him to some of the others that will be drafted early? What's the difference? Well, I mean, I, I think he checks more boxes is probably the difference, right? Like, I mean, if you look at it, like just from a – a football character standpoint, um, a toughness standpoint, a size standpoint, an athleticism standpoint, an arm strength standpoint. Um, he has all of those things, you know? Um, and I think for the, the same reason that Jalen Hurts wound up succeeding, it's easy to see Justin Fields putting it all together because he's the right kind of person, you know? And I think that's an important piece of this, too. Um, you know, but, you know, there's the obvious questions about how fast he sees it and how fast he plays in the passing game and those are things that are that are going to have to develop. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I look at it and, like, when, you know, you go down that list of things, right, like, and you go down the list of physical traits, I think he probably checks more boxes than any of the guys in this year's draft. Um, now, I mean, the difference with, with Bryce Young is Bryce Young is such an instinctive, natural player. Like, such an, like, like, you watch him play quarterback, and it's like, God, if this guy was six foot four, two 220 pounds, there'd be no question, but he's not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so um, I think that that's sort of the difference, you know? And I, and I think that's why there's a lot of merit to, you know, giving Justin Fields at least one more year to develop and, um, and, 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 and seeing what you can get for that number one overall pick. Um, the risk, of course, being that if you're, if you're wrong on Fields, and you're not drafting that high again, you may have blown an opportunity to get a guy who's really good. But I think there's an argument to be made, too, here. There's like a second level to this thing, too, where I think there are a lot of people who feel like the, the, the top two guys in next year's class, Caleb Williams and Drake May, might be better than anybody in this year's class anyway. Albert, I want Marvin Harrison Jr. next year. So if I am <laughs> making any kind of a trade, i got to have 24 draft capital as opposed yep. to excessive 23 capital. I think he's a legendary wide receiver, a perfect fit, and I don't think the Bears could turn this thing around in one season. I don't see it. There are fans around here that think 
oh, we can win nine, ten games this year. I don't see them because the roster's so barren. Do you agree? Well, Cap, you're speaking my language, first of all, there, because I think Marvin is, um, and I'm biased, I guess, you know, but <laughs> I, I watched every snap the kids played, and he is, um, you know, I, I think we're going to be talking about him the same way we were talking about Julio and A.J. Green, you know, in 2011. Like, yep. I think that's the level of prospect he is. Calvin Johnson, like those sorts of guys that were receivers worthy of going in the top five, and they're rare. Jamar Chase, like he's in that category, I think. So, um, you know, I, I, I think looking forward to those sorts of things, like, you know, I, 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 the way you would look at it is you say, okay, we want to build up 24 draft capital for two reasons. Number one, if we're wrong about the quarterback, and number two, to get a player like that. So that makes sense to me. Um, and, I, and, I, and I'm with you that I, I don't think that they're suddenly going to be in a position where they're going to be contending for a world title in 2023. Like, there's um, the road's easier in the NFC. There's no question about that. Like, in the NFC, you're not going to have to beat some combination of Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, um, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow consecutively. You're not yep. going to have to do that in the NFC right now. Um, you know, but I still think, just from a roster standpoint, they're probably still two off seasons away from contending with the likes of the Eagles and the Niners in the NFC. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I like I, I'm with you on that cap. Like, I think any sort of like you know two year plan when it comes to this thing. And by the way, like if I'm them, I'm studying Caleb Williams and Drake May the same way I'm studying Bryce Young mm-hmm. and Will Levis because I want to know what the difference is. You know, um, I think any sort of long range planning in that way, uh, you know, on the on the, on the part of of Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus would be smart because I don't think that they're just one offseason away from being a real contender. How risky is it for Eric Bieniemy to take this Washington Commanders job as an OC when Rivera and the Commanders are a little yeah. rocky? 22 and 27 and 1 in the first three seasons for, for Ron Rivera. How risky is it for Bieniemy to do this? Because this might be a yeah. one-off. It could be. You know what, Hoodie? I've sort of come around on this. Like I, I, at first, I, I saw it that way. And you know what? Like, I... There's part of me that thinks like it's worth taking a shot because you change the narrative, right? And I think to some degree for enemy the problems become the problem. Like teams don't want to hire the victim, you know, and it sucks and it's not his fault. But like I, I do think that there's that there's that part of it where it's like, well, why aren't other teams hiring? Why isn't this happening for him? Um, you know, so I, I think that to some degree, like again, the problem has become the problem for enemy. So what this does is it gives him a chance to change the narrative and just be a good football coach again, right? Like where if he goes there, it's just about him being a good football coach if it works. If it doesn't work, it's really not his fault, right? Like because I think you look at it, there's going to be an ownership change in all likelihood. Um, you know, Ron Rivera, you know, this could be his last year and things have not been trending in the right direction. So if they wind up all getting fired, I, you know, like I, I just, there's a big part of me that like looks at that and says, Someone else is going to give him a shot to be a coordinator somewhere else after that, you know. So, look, I, I actually think at first, at first, I looked at it like like you did there, hoodie, where I'm like, all right, like, well, this would be really risky based on circumstances. But when you really kind of drill down on it, like, if he doesn't turn it around with Sam Howell or whoever else is his quarterback, you know, I don't think he's going to get blamed for it. So it's sort of, I don't know. I think you can kind of wrap your head around the idea of this being sort of a no lose proposition for Eric the Enemy. So let me ask you a question. Shady McCoy posted this last night. Now, Shady McCoy was a damn good football player. Yep. I wish him well, but Washington, don't let the Chiefs' success or coaching titles fool y'all. The traits or skills you need to be a good coordinator, I haven't seen or witnessed it. And he played for Eric Bieniemy. Does that do him more damage than coaching Sam Howell or whoever he's got there, Taylor Heineke? Sure. I mean, I think that, you know, hearing that from a guy who was in the room for two years isn't great, you know? Um, so like I, but that, but that honestly is sort of what, um, what the enemy has been combating in NFL circles for the last few years and pursuing a head coaching job, you know, like that's the narrative that he's combating, that he's fighting against part of it at least. And so like, this is, again, this is a, this gives him a chance to change that narrative. Like if he goes to Washington and Sam Howell is just a competent starting quarterback, and Washington is just in the playoff race, right, like at the end of the year, well, that's marked improvement over where they were in 2022, and what's the difference? Well, the difference at that point will have been Eric the enemy. So, um, like, I think that all of that stuff, you know, that stuff's been floating around there for a few years now, um, and I don't think it's great for, for Eric the enemy to, 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 to have a foreign player saying that about him. 
but you know, I do think that this is why this just sort of illustrates why doing something like this was logical for him, making that move and going to Washington rather than just staying in Kansas City and spinning his wheels. Have you heard anything from uh, Puxatani Aaron, Aaron Rodgers? Did he stick his head out of the <laughs> hole yet to determine yeah, what that's going to be? I, I, don't know, I don't know if the white, white smoke's come out of the dark room yet. <laughs> <laughs> how, much is this, how much does this move affect the entire NFC, let alone the North? Uh, it, it affects it. I mean, I like look. Like, I think it's going to affect the way the Packers build, right? Like, so you know, they they got some decisions to make this off season, and um, you know, Rashawn Gary's coming off of an ACL. Do you pay him? Um, you know, do you add do you add players at receiver, or do you just kind of continue to develop Watson and, and Dobbs? Um, yeah, I mean, I think there are, there are, there are lots of things that I think will be affected by whether or not Aaron Rodgers is on the roster and the way that the Packers build. So it's not just Rodgers itself. It's also just, you know, in general, how Green Bay approaches the offseason. They've got, like, some, you know, cap. And I, and I hesitate. There's no such thing as cap jail. But, like, I think, you know, like they've got some cap considerations where they may choose to clean a few things up um, and take a little bit of a hit if Aaron Rodgers isn't on the roster, whereas if Rodgers is on the roster, they can't do that. So, um, yeah, I think, it, I think it affects it because, I don't think Jordan Love is going to be the player. And they, they, they really like the progress Love's made. They were worried about him last year. I think they're less so now. Now they're sort of more excited to see what he could do. Um, but there's definitely going to be a drop-off, too, from, from Rodgers to Love. And on top of that, again, you know, what, if it's Love instead of Rodgers, that's going to affect the way you build your team. Before we let you go, is there anything in your phone you have not told anybody else yet? And you're like, I'm going to give this to Cap and Jay Hood. <laughs> um. Yeah, you know, I like. Do you guys want draft stuff? I guess. Of course. Like, what have yeah. you got? Yeah, yeah. So I, I would say, like, what I said earlier um, is a really important thing um, that, about like the twenty twenty four quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to hear a lot about the teams at the top, um, the teams with coaches who have job security, studying both classes, studying the twenty three quarterbacks and the twenty four quarterbacks. And, you know, like comparing and contrasting and deciding whether or not you should wait. Because I think this is an imperfect quarterback class. Like, I think between Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson, you've got guys who've got talent. But, like, each guy's got a flaw that could be fatal in the NFL. And so, like, I think, you know, like, there's going to be teams that are going to look at this and say, all right, like, we're going to go and we're going to drill down hard on Caleb Williams and Drake May. You know, and that's without even considering, like, there are talented guys who could put it all together, like Quinn Ewers at Texas or J.J. McCarthy at Michigan, like, where you look at them and you say, okay, like, that could come together, too. So I I think this is a good, not great quarterback class, much better than last year, obviously. But each guy in this class has a a flaw that could be fatal. And I think that that's going to cause teams to look at sort of the two-year outlay at the quarterback position with two guys in Caleb Williams and Drake May who – I think have a chance to be the types of guys who go number one in any draft. As always, Albert, we appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show. All right. Thanks, guys. Albert Breer with us every Tuesday on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Don't worry, call the Car X man. That is interesting stuff that these yep. guys could have fatal flaws, which would preclude the Bears from getting the mother load in a trade. We've got tickets to give away for you. Listen closely on how you can win next on Cap and J Hood.